Thank you for joining Bowling Green Christian Church this week. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit BowlingGreenChristian.org. Good morning. How are you all this morning? Yeah. Uh, if you were anything like me this morning, uh, you just wanted to lay there. Uh, it felt like a snow day. There was no snow, um, but for some reason the excitement that we could get snow started for me on Wednesday. We were in our community group, and they were like, man, we're going to get up to 14 inches. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Uh, and now today we have zero. So, um, yeah, we're here. This is great. Um, I loved being in the, uh, the inner circle this morning as well. That's what I call it. Uh, I was in all the, you know, the group chats with everybody that works here at BGCC this morning, and they were like, hey, what are we going to do? Should we, should we cancel? Should we do this? And I'm just going to be really honest. I'm really glad that I don't personally have to make those decisions um, because I would have canceled on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> when I heard there was going to be 14 inches, I would have been like, no, nope. Mother Nature's trying to do this to us. I don't want to take a chance. No, nope, we're not doing it. Um, but I really am. I'm super glad that you guys are here this morning. I'm glad that you guys, uh, I guess, braved um, the little bit of ice and water. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, today we're going to get into uh, Matthew um, chapter, I think, 7, yeah, verses 15 through 23. Uh, I promise I prepared. Um, but before I start, I kind of want to share a few stories with you all, too. It's just it's what I always do. Who in here, by show of hands, I do want a show of hands. I know Weston, you know, jokes around like, hey, blink if your, your marriage is in trouble. I, 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 that's funny. Yeah, okay, got it, Weston. Um, but hey, raise your hands if, if this is you. You are the type of person, when you're at home, and it really costs money, you want to do it yourself. Who is that? Oh, that's a good amount of people. Now, show of hands, how many times do you do that task or that job and it turns out to be horrible? Be honest. I am, I am the guy that usually turns out to be awful. Um, and the thing that I found out that I'm really bad at is anything that is electrical. Um, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but for some reason in my mind, this is easy. Like, I can do this. Uh, so so I, I bought a house like a few years ago, and one of the first things I got into the house and I saw were, were the outlets. Every outlet in there was just gross. It had like, it was just a weird color. I was like, I have to, I have to change all of these outlets out. And if you know anything about changing outlets, it's not a hard thing to do. So in my mind, oh, I've got this. So I go around the whole house, and I change all of the outlets. But the only problem is there's four that still don't work. I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong with these four outlets? So I try, I try, I call a friend, trying to figure it out. Man, I can't figure it out. And finally I said, all right, whatever. I'm calling, I'm calling an electrician. So an electrician comes in. They finish all four outlets in 15 minutes. Um, and at one point, no joke, uh, he, he had one of the outlet covers off. And he said, I don't know who did this work before you, but it is awful. And I was like, I said, yeah, that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know what he's doing. This is, this is ridiculous. And I was just sitting there like starting to get red. You know, I was like, that's me, that's me. And as he finishes and puts it up, I just felt bad. I went, hey, man, I just got to go and tell you, that was me that did that job. I don't know what I'm doing. And he just laughed real hard, and we shared stories, and it was great. Um, but another time, 
I, I was, the, the dryer outlet was uh, broke. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, I got this one too, right? Uh, so I also didn't know much about dryer outlets. I didn't know they were higher, like, voltage or whatever you want to say. Um, but I... <laughs> I'm starting the process. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go turn off electricity. So I go down, turn off the electricity, come back up, um, and, and I start, you know, I got my screwdriver. I'm going at it. And before you know it, I hear a big pop. I'm coming back. My screwdriver is thrown across uh, the, the room, and I'm sitting there by the washer and dryer, and I hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, like am, I, am I dreaming? Is this like is this the Lord? Did he just come and get me? Like, what is happening? It wasn't the Lord. It was my mailman. Um, but my mailman came in, and he, he was like, hey, are you, are you okay? I heard a big pop. And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then I showed him. He came up and went to the washer and dryer, and he's like, yeah, you, you don't need to do that. You, you could have died. And I was like, yep. So that day forward, I'm not doing my own electricity anymore. Somebody else is doing all that stuff for me uh, because I will die. Someone they're clapping for me. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That is the true sign that you don't ever need to do anything ever again. Okay. Um, but anyways, I do feel like a lot of times with our faith, uh, we like to have this like I can do it myself mentality. Um, there's a lot of things in our faith like, man, if I just do this, 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 and this, man, I got it. I've got it. Not a big deal. I mean, a lot of times um, we, we, we get into our faith and, and, and we, we see certain people doing certain things and we say, oh, what they're doing, man, I can do that. But what we forget about sometimes is that God is calling us maybe to something a little different. Maybe God is calling us to be renewed. Maybe God is calling us every single day to be renewed by Him. And why, why would that be? Why would that be a thing? <laughs> because we get stuck sometimes in our faith and we think, man, the way I'm doing it has definitely got to be the right way. So as we get into Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 17, um, I want to I read this and, and, and kind of go through verse by verse on all these things and just kind of um, elaborate on each one. Uh, but right now, 15 through 17, it says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Now I think this alone is a very hard thing to do. I think recognizing when someone out there is, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think that's a very hard thing to do. Um, as a lot of you all might know, I work with college students. And one of the things that I always sit down with college students and tell them, especially when they're looking for a church, is, hey, don't always believe everything that pastor says on stage. Yes, Weston, I don't believe everything you say on stage. I think what he says on stage has a lot of weight because I know him and I love him, but I also listen to what he says and I take it back later and I, and I, I, I learn from myself. I learn from the thing that hopefully will lead us to truth, that will help teach us. 
I tell our college students to always look for someone that is preaching the truth, that is preaching the gospel. We live in a world in a time where I think our church, our Christians, myself, we're being influenced by the world. I think there are so many people, Christians, that are wearing sheep's clothing and they're actually wolves. I think a lot of times our church, not just this or any church in general, all the, the church has gotten to a point where we would rather entertain. Or have people come to church and, and have you guys feel like this is a time that you need to feel happy and entertained on a Sunday morning. That's just not the case. There's a lot of times where we, we might be with another Christian and we see the way they're living and we think, man, maybe that's the way I'm supposed to live. But in reality, they're not even living for Jesus. They're just calling themselves Christ's followers. And so then they do what the world does. And we end up falling into things that make us not look like Jesus. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 18, it says this, A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. I think something to pay attention to here is that a good tree can bear good fruit but a diseased tree can still bear fruit. Fruit still comes from either one. That's why I think it's really hard for us to see it. I don't want to sound like conceited or anything like that, but I, I honestly think it is, it's pretty easy. Um, if, if BGCC wanted to go plant a church, and we wanted to go out west, right? And, and you were like, hey, go, go plant a church. I, 500 members in like a year, like I, I, want, I want activity, I want service, I want this, I want that. I actually think it'd be pretty easy to do that. I really do. I mean, if we entertain, you know, if we offer the things that, that people really are, are thinking they want, man, a lot of people come into that. I don't think it's a hard task. I think the hard task is to not be a diseased tree bearing diseased fruit. I think it's to be a healthy tree bearing good fruit. The hard thing is to go into a situation, whether it's with your friends, your family, the church, whatever it may be, and to be a healthy tree. It's pointing people to Jesus every single day. Making that decision every single day. I wake up in the morning, what should I decide? I should decide to follow Jesus and lean on him. No one else. I think all of our stories look different. And I think the way we go about it should always be different. Um, me and a, and a couple friends, uh, we got to um, we got to do got to do I don't know how what do you call this I, we called it a homeless mission trip. Uh, pretty much, we were homeless, <laughs> and we went out and loved on people. That's just what it was. Uh, we drove around and like shared the gospel with people and things like that. And, and this was like a brand new thing for me at the time. And uh, I was pretty uncomfortable, but I kind of had a checklist of what I needed to do, right? I had a checklist like, this is what I want to accomplish while I'm, while I'm doing this. 
So this one day, we, we stopped to get gas. Um, we go inside, uh, me and a friend, and, and we're getting like a couple snacks, a couple drinks. We go to the cash register, and the cashier's sitting there, and we're like, hey, how are you today? She said, man, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thank you. You're like, oh, great. We just want you to know, like, man, Jesus loves you. And we want to, like, is there anything we could pray for you about? Like, anything, like, anything going on in your life? And she just said, uh, nope. Uh, nothing. Thanks. Like, okay. Are you sure? Like, we'd love to, I mean, we'd love to tell you some more. And she went, please, I'm fine. We're like, all right, awesome. So then we left. And then our friend that was pumping gas went in to pay for the gas and get him himself some treats. And he was in there for about 10 minutes while we're sitting in the car. And then we realized, what is he doing? We need to go find him. So we walk into the gas station, and there he is behind the counter with this woman. She's in tears, bawling, crying, everything. And he's sitting there praying with this woman that we just got denied by. And we were like, what just, what just happened? We, we did the things on the checklist, right? Like we did what we were like trained to do, right? Like we thought we were doing it right. This is the thing that I'm realizing. This is a... a, a, a quote from, I don't know if it's from Weston, but this is a, a thing that Weston gave me um, to specifically even talk about today, but he doesn't want the show, he wants your heart. God isn't interested in the ritual, but in the relationship. I realized that in that moment, within the church, within my life, within everything, that I was stuck in a ritual. I was stuck doing the thing that I thought might be easier, checking off the boxes, right? See, I think, I think it's easy to go to church every week. I think it's easy to go to community group. I think it's easy to, to, to serve at Room in the Inn. I think it's easy to do a lot of the things that I think we're, we're asked to do, right? I think those things are actually easy. And I think they start off with very good intentions, but if we're not allowing Jesus to take over our hearts, then what are we doing it for? Are we doing it for ourselves, to make ourselves feel better, to check off the things on that list? See, in that story, we were doing it to check off things on, on our list. He did it because he cared about the relationship. He truly wanted to see change in that woman's life. I mean, we, I thought we did, you know, but... In reality, I was. I was just saying, oh, here's, a, here's an opportunity. I guess I'll take it. And he said, yes, another opportunity. I mean, I hear a lot of stories, story after story, and podcast after podcast of, of Christians or churches starting off the right way and, and slowly getting to the point where it becomes more about themselves, more about the church, that, that one building, than it is about the big C church than it is about loving people for Jesus. Now here's some hard parts. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 19 through 20, it says this, every tree that does not bear good fruit 
is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Now, this is crazy. Like, this is actually a very crazy question that I think we should ask ourselves. That question being, are you bearing good fruit or not? What is the fruit that is coming from your life? Now, like I said, we can come to the community groups, we can come to church, we can do all those types of things. Man, we can read the Bible in a year by using the Bible app. We can do all those types of things. But is our tree bearing good fruit? And if so, how will we recognize that? Because it's saying here, if your tree isn't, we're going to cut it down and throw it into the fire. Because it's, it's worthless. Again, God isn't interested in the ritual, but the relationship. Those things, going to church, doing the readings, doing all that stuff is good, but without the Lord in the center, it is nothing. It should be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now here's another harsh part. It's the next verse, and it's verse 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I can stand here and I can tell you over and over and over again stories of electrical work and then tell you that I'm a good electrician. I can tell you I can do electrical work. It's not true. I can say it. <laughs> but then as soon as I tell you the actual stories of me trying to fix very, like, small things, you'll realize, no, you're awful. <laughs> I can stand here and talk to you about Jesus all day. I can do all of the things. I can do the ritual things, but if I don't actually have a life-changing, life-altering, life-giving, life-bringing relationship with Jesus, then I'm not going to bear good fruit. And neither will the church. Because what I would be doing is not the will of the Father, which is that's what is being asked in that scripture. Another thing that I think that I'm really, really good at um, is painting. Uh, that is the one thing in terms of my house that I will do um, every time. Um, I'll never pay anyone to paint my house. I feel like I can just knock it out, and I feel like I can do it faster than anyone. <laughs> I've always been taught when you paint, you know, you need to do certain things too. Like you need to like tape off, you know, you need so you can edge better. You need to have the roller, and you need to whatever the right paint, this type of paint, blah 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 blah, all these little things. I was taught, but for some reason, even recently, I've caught myself being like, you know what, I'm a better painter. Than using any of that cutting tape. <laughs> you know what? I don't need any drop cloth. I don't spill paint. You know, like, I don't do that. Wrong again. <laughs> I do all of those things. I realize how imperfect my painting is when I don't take the extra steps to make it look a little nicer. I think, I think Jesus, in the same way, is asking us, 
to do the same thing. Man, take a couple extra steps. Spend more time with him. Dive more into his word and actually allow him to take hold of it. And in Matthew 7, verse 22, it says, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Again, many of us, many of us are going to say the exact same types of things. Man, didn't, God, didn't, I, didn't I go to church every Sunday? I didn't miss a Sunday. Hey, didn't, didn't I serve in those extra uh, service opportunities that were, that were put in front of me? Man, didn't I lead that community group? Man, God, don't I? I tithed. Man, I did 12%. <laughs> I didn't do 10. Didn't that give me a little extra points, you know? Don't I, I'm a little up in, the, up in the heaven level, you know? Man, that's not, that's not how that works. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, then it says, And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I think when we realize the gravity of this, that this can happen to us, that we can get stuck in, in, in the mundane church life sometimes, we can continue to be in this ritual, in this routine and we can end up becoming workers of lawlessness because we're not following the Lord. Because we're not actually giving our lives to Jesus. See, Jesus wants to do something new inside us. Not just yesterday or the day before, but today, the next day, the next day, the next day. He wants to continue to work in your life. He doesn't want to do it one time over. No, he is walking with you every single day day. The reality is we don't have to become that, the workers of lawlessness. So how do we become not that? Well, going back to that first verse um, where it talked about uh, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, um, we were in our community group this last Wednesday, and Sarah Jasper was, was teaching uh, over the Good Shepherd. And throughout Scripture, it's specifically talking about sheep. We are continually referenced as sheep. And I used to think, like, man, well, why are we, why are we called sheep? And I just thought, you know, because well, we're, we're, we're dumb. <laughs> like, we need somebody, like, right? Like, we just, that's what it is. And that's close. But in, in our community group, um, through this book that, that Sarah had read, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. That's what the book is called. If you want to get that book ever, read that. A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. But what, what was said, I think, is very beneficial, and it's beneficial for us today. So I just want to read a few of these things. So one, what are sheep like? Sheep are defenseless animals. They make... They have no means of protection. They're at the bottom of the food chain, and they travel in packs. They're not independent. What is a shepherd? What do they do? A shepherd's job is to care for their sheep. Shepherds are farmers. They work hard jobs with their hands. They live an intense life. 
They're also the bottom of the social food chain, overlooked and outcast members of society. So what makes a good shepherd literally and spiritually? In order for sheep to be content to lie down in green pastures, Psalms, they have four basic needs that must be met and it can only be met by the shepherd's physical presence. I'm going to go through each four, all four of these real quick with you guys. But as I'm talking about it, I want us to remember this. And we are the sheep. He is the good shepherd, Jesus. One, they must be free of all fear. Sheep, us, are vulnerable against attacks from coyotes, but they're also prone to stampeding when they are startled by something that can cost them their lives. I think we are like sheep. We're scared of a lot of things. A lot of things in this world, a lot of things that are happening today, we're scared of that. Many shepherds would stay with their flock day and night to prevent this from happening. Just the presence of their shepherd allowed the sheep to rest, knowing that they were never vulnerable to attack. Two, they must be free of tension, rivalry, and cruelty within the flock. Sheep have an instinctual budding order, a hierarchy of sheep within the flock from the strongest to weakest. The strongest sheep will dominate the flock and even kill others if not managed well. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new Christian or you've been preaching at a church for 50 years. You're already on the same level once you've decided to follow Jesus. When the shepherd is around, sheep are aware of who, he, who is really in charge and reminded that they will be provided for so they don't headbutt or push each other around. Number three, they must be free of the torment of parasites and insects. Especially during the summer, sheep are constantly pestered by flies and ticks. It's physically impossible for them to lie down because they're so irritated by the flies. Sometimes it drives them to even drown themselves. The good shepherd has to repeatedly apply insect repellent, different types of oil on every single sheep, keeping a close watch on their behavior to ensure that they are being, not being pestered. This requires time, labor, and expensive chemicals. And the fourth is this. They must be free from the fear of hunger. Sheep thrive in dry regions, but dry regions don't have lush green fields of pasture readily available. Green pastures don't just head or happen by chance. They happen with lots of hard work, manual labor, and skillful farming on behalf of the shepherd. They plant seeds, they irrigate the fields so they can have water. They constantly pull up weeds and vegetation that's unsafe for sheep to eat. Without constant maintenance of the green pasture, sheep don't produce offspring, milk, or beneficial wool and coat. The good shepherd allows us to have life and have it to the fullest. We have to be totally dependent upon the good shepherd, Jesus, as sheep. The great thing about this is no no wolf in sheep's clothing will ever lead you astray if you're following the good shepherd. Like there are so many people out there that call themselves leaders and, they, and they are, there's a lot of leaders out here. There's a lot of leaders in here, but we follow one true leader. And his name is Jesus. He doesn't want the show. He wants our heart God isn't interested in the ritual, but in the relationship. 
I'm telling you right now, we won't bear good fruit unless we give all of ourselves to Jesus and let him lead us daily. We won't be made new until Jesus leads us to be made new every single day. And this is what I pray for you guys today. That you allow Jesus to make you new in this moment. That if you haven't, if you haven't taken that step with Jesus, you haven't taken that step of faith with him, or maybe you are, have taken that step of faith, but you're, you're still not truly giving it all to him, you need to continue to make yourself new. Man, I pray now that you make that decision. That you're not cut down and thrown into the fire. That you're being led by Jesus and not by anything else. Not by money. Not by anything. So let me pray. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for an opportunity to come speak, to share about what you're doing and how you're working in my life, but also how you want to lead us, how you want us to depend on you like the sheep depend on the shepherd. God, allow us to just realize and understand that you provide everything. All of our needs are provided for through you as long as we decide to follow you and put you in the center. God, if, if people have not done that, I pray right now that they make the decision to do that. I pray that if we feel lost, that we feel like, man, we're not, we're not even being led by, by the Good Shepherd, by Jesus right now, that we're just really far astray, man, I pray that we find the strength to be pulled back in, that we find someone and we, we talk to them about it. God, I'm so thankful um, for the online people that, have, that are here. I'm, I'm thankful for people that are here in these chairs. And I pray that we just go out and we love people well. And I pray that in your name. Amen.